0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Buy the book on BFM 89.9.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to Buy the Book. I'm Lee Tree Lin and with me as always is my fellow enjoyer of all books for all ages, Sharmila Ganesan. Hello. So this month, as we've been saying, we are doing a bit of a special in conjunction with Children's Day, which is celebrated here in our country at the end of the month, the last Saturday. And so with that in mind, we've got a lineup of young readers every week, telling us about a book that they are excited to talk about. Last week, we heard from 11-year-old Maya Anjali Manalan, who spoke about David Walliams' Gangster Granny. Today, it's a big jump in age. Uh, we're stretching the definition of child a little bit uh, to someone who is still not yet 18, because we have joining us Arif Iskandar Ridswan, who is 17 and taking his SPM this year. It was lovely chatting with Arif, really, because I think he is
1: um, already at that age where his reading appetite is closer to something that you and I might already read. And so his book suggestion was also um, a pleasant surprise. And in fact, an author and a title that I'd been wanting to read for a really long time. Plus, he's just such a interesting and engaging person to talk to about books and just
0: life in general. Yeah, so articulate. And worth debating. yes, a yeah. debater, worth also saying, that Arif, I think, has a book club of his own in school. So so he's no stranger (laughs) to this format. And that this behemoth weighing in at, I think, 600 plus pages was, in fact, the largest book that we read for this series of book clubs. Uh, Anyway, here's Arif. We are joined by Arif, who has recommended Brandon Sanderson's The Final Empire or Mistborn 1, I think it's called, um, in the Mistborn trilogy. Arif, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah,
2: very glad to be here.
0: Thank you. Okay, so before we get into the book and the whole story of it, maybe you can start us off by talking about why you wanted to discuss the book.
2: So I chose this book to for us to discuss about because it this was the book that revitalized my love for reading. I kind of fell into a reading slump when I was about 14, uh, 14, 15. And this was the book um, when I got a recommendation of, like, from Instagram, YouTube, this was a book that really re-instilled my love for reading.
1: I get that, I think. It's a very addictive book. Um, And I must say, it revitalised my interest in this kind of fantasy, which I think is something that I haven't done in a long time. Back when I was a teenager myself, I think I used to swallow these kind of fantasy books. And then, you know, the more there were to read, the better. But now time is a lot more difficult, right? We talk about this on the show a lot. Um, But reading this, I loved how every page made me want to know what was happening next. Every chapter ends with a sort of not cheap cliffhanger, but there is such
0: a forward motion quality to the story. What was it about the, rec? because the thing is, right, we all get recommendations from, you mentioned YouTube, social media, like it's it's all around. What made you actually think, huh, this might be the one that I, I could get into?
2: Well, it was mainly because I heard from different influencers that it walks this fine line between being for teenagers and for a more mature audience as well. And after reading the book, I think it really does serve to bridge the gap between a more YA-ish style feeling and a bit more adult feeling. So it kind of makes you feel a bit more (laughs) mature of a reader once you read it. So, yeah.
1: Hmm. Are you generally a fantasy reader?
2: Uh, I am. In fact, this was the book that kind of, again, it got me addicted to fantasy. So right now, I'm still within my fantasy phase. I do read some books outside of the genre here and there, but I mainly stick to my comfort zone, which is fantasy.
0: Nice. So like we said, we're talking about Brandon Sanderson's The Final Empire, and I don't really know how to summarize it. Maybe the best way to to do it is to say that at its heart, there is a rebellion, that there are a group of people who are planning a rebellion against the Lord Ruler, who has for many centuries now ruled over the land, the world. Um, He's seen as Perhaps immortal He's seen perhaps As a god But also a human And there is an air Of mystery about him But this group of thieves Essentially Who all have Different sets of skills Decide that they want To band together And try to encourage The people of this land To rise up And to recognise Their own power And in the middle Of all this There are magical I think magical Is the wrong term But there are people Who have very specific powers uh, Called allomancy You also find out About other things But these rely on metals from which people draw specific
2: powers and um, skills. Yeah, it's a very weird magic system, actually. (laughs) Yeah, it is, right? uh, Sometimes, like, never has... Any book I've come across since made me want to ingest a metal, <laughs> a metal bar more than this book, which is kind of weird to say on air. So. No, no,
1: I completely get it. Um, from the very first time they talk about, I mean, it happens very early on, so I'm not spoiling anything. But when they talk about sort of basically consuming the liquid... And then the relationship to the different kinds of metals. I completely get what you mean. I immediately thought to myself, what would that taste like? And then what would that feel like?
2: Yeah, and like how it's like kind of part of their biology. So yeah, it's a very weird thing to think about, but it also for some reason makes sense in this world.
1: I love the magic aspect, actually. Um, I was wondering whether for you, the world itself took a little bit of time to get into because it's so dense. There's so many aspects of it to understand. And for somebody who was moving from YA kind of reading to a more mature kind of fantasy, did that take some getting used to?
2: No, actually, because uh, like I mentioned before, there's it's a very nice bridge. It's a nice stepping stone. And Brandon Sanderson, I think he has a very clean and distinct way of writing. He's not very flowery. He doesn't beat around the bush. He's very direct. So the imagery that he paints in your head is very clear and it's very easily vivid. So in that sense, it was very easy to get the world and get the image right. So, yeah.
0: I'm curious how you both felt about the action elements, because um, one thing that's that's really strong I feel um, in this book is alongside the world building and the characters and I can't wait to talk about the characters because I think there are some really great ones but there were also a lot of action set pieces, there's a lot of fighting, there's a lot of training in terms of people figuring out how to use metal, how to use metal to strengthen themselves or as weapons or to figure out different modes of accessing that skill and since we're talking about the language and the style of writing, I was wondering how you both felt about the way the action was written because I I thought it was very clear and kind of cinematic. I could vi- envision the whole thing in my head.
2: The action is the reason why I think this work is also ripe for an adaptation, whether that be a video game or a movie. But Brandon Sanderson is also like when writing action, he's not mm, describing forms like Robert Jordan would. Instead, he use he uses very clear and distinct words, and the way and the way he uses words like pushes and pull, which is in the magic system also helps you just also helps you visualize the thing in your head as well so
1: no i i get it um it's interesting so firstly i love the way they describe the action although i must say that there were a couple of scenes that i say scenes because i saw them in my head uh, but there were a couple of sequences that got a little violent and actually the the violence was very visceral and it was quite difficult for me to read i didn't i also didn't expect pecked it I think and so when it actually happened I was like whoa what is happening um, it's interesting though because I don't know if I want an adaptation and I don't know whether I'm in the minority with this partly because some of it Feels so kind of beautiful and magical in my head that I like the way it looks in my head, and I'm worried that I'll be let down. Shamilah, how... the rights
0: have already been sold. I know, <laughs> so <laughs> it just just so you know, the rights have already been sold, and I think a screenplay was being written. Yeah. So it may be too late. I <laughs> think the ship has I sailed. I think if they
1: can actually achieve how how cool it sounds and look that way, it would be great though.
2: Yeah, and one of the other reasons why the author himself is very interested in making an adaptation is because this is also, if you didn't know, this book is also a gateway to all of his other books. It kind of, because all of his other books kind of take place in the same universe, but that's for a totally different discussion. But it's kind of a gateway and it's almost like this MCU thing, but it really isn't. And I think that aspect would be interesting to see on the screen as well. And that's why I think he's also very interested in adaptation.
0: Can we go back to the violence a bit? Because um, I I recognise that we are speaking to um, a 17-year-old, so maybe you're talking about violence is is not the most shocking thing. But uh, I do think to your point, Sharmila, that the The violence and actually the tragedy, because there are a few really tragic things that happen in the course of this book. People lose people. uh, People have trauma visited upon them. They have traumatic childhoods. Most of these people have traumatic childhoods. And so it's not just the physical violence, I think, that made it difficult to read. Um, Arif, I was wondering, because we've been talking a lot about that bridge, right, from younger works to a more adult thing, Mm -hmm. whether that was something you noticed or thought about while you were reading the book.
2: I think the tone was set pretty well from like right off the get-go. That right off from the prologue, you already get the sense that this is a bit more of a darker world. And when you're introduced to the main character, you already get the sense that she has been through a lot, Vin. We all love her. So the vibe of the world is already there. So for me, I wasn't really surprised when darker bits of action were shown.
1: Yeah. And I also think you, you said dark world and actually more than just the violence, to your point about the trauma, right from the beginning, right, they established that this is a world where there are different classes of people and the lowest class of people, at least as far as I've read, maybe there are more in other books, the scar are not even viewed really as human. And I think there's something very Dark and difficult about this world that is from the beginning
0: laid out for you. Yeah, and the parallels to slavery, Mm, right, are extremely clear. So uh, we're talking today. With Arif, Arif Iskandar Rizwan, who is 17. Uh, We're talking about the first book in the Mistborn series, The Final Empire, written by Brandon Sanderson. This is in our month-long special series of book clubs in which we're speaking to younger folks about what they're reading. Let us know, uh, are you a fantasy reader? Have you read Brandon Sanderson's works? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio.
1: Be free-minded,
2: BFM. 89.9. 89.9.
0: Hello everybody you are with Lynn and Sharmila and this is uh, part of our ongoing series in conjunction with Children's Day in which we're speaking to younger people about the books that they enjoy and joining us in the studio today we have 17 year old Arif Iskandar Rizwan who has recommended Brandon Sanderson's The Final Empire. So um, Arif, before the break you mentioned Vin and she is in many ways our central character through the whole thing. She's the the person that we follow and it starts off with what is quite a well-trodden trope right the the orphan girl who has something special that someone Mm -hmm. sees you know she's included in a group and she has to learn to integrate what did you like about Vin because I loved reading Vin I I enjoyed her so much
2: I honestly love reading Vin so much just because of these little nuances that you and that even especially as a teenager you can really relate to for example like she has certain maybe like friendship trust issues and even though I personally don't have that issues, let's just clear that up. <laughs> uh, you can really understand that but not to the extent that where she comes from because she comes from a really dark her history is really dark. but also once she warms up to her friends and uh, the, the, the gang, it's a really warm feeling that you get in this a little bit more darker book, which I think is like, it has a nice silver lining to it, you know? So
1: actually, um, I'm glad you brought up the gang uh, Because in terms of characters What I loved most I loved Vin by the way I thought she was such a good character um, But I loved actually All the people she meets Because you learn more about her Through her interactions With the different people And particularly the the group That she ends up with On this quest um, Of course we'll talk about Kelsey I'm sure at some <laughs> point But um, just the the way that they're realised They feel like a real gang of friends You know uh, Complicated relationships. Things that maybe you don't know about each other. Um, it was, I think,
0: more than the fantasy. Actually, that carried me through the book. Can we talk about Ham and his questions? <laughs> because um, there is a there is a character Ham who is whose primary, um, I guess, skill and contribution to the Cape not caper, uh, but to the plan, is supposed to be his military prowess and his physical strength. So you would expect that, you know, he's going to be a a beefcake and, you know, not necessarily a great intellectual. But of course, the book... Subverts that, and instead Ham is a character who has all these really existential, philosophical questions, and they almost stop the the narrative, right? Because every time he asks one of them, um, you then have to think for yourself how it is that you're feeling about it.
2: Yeah, like for a moment when he like asks if what they're doing is actually like right? Yeah, yes. right or wrong. So, yeah. And then you just start to think about just like for like a brief moment, you're like, wait, are we actually doing something good here? Like just for <laughs> a brief moment. So, it's,
1: it's interesting, right? The way it reframes. I don't think I've ever seen a character like Ham in a fantasy uh, book before or fantasy series. I thought that was really clever. Is it time for us to talk about Kelsier? Yes, I think so. Because I think if ever there was a great way to write that sort of He's that trope, right? The guiding, almost teacher-like figure, but with also his own story. Oh, I thought he was brilliant. I loved Kelsey.
2: Kelsier, I think on many people's first reads, he's their favourite character by far. Not only because just his look, like the aesthetic, but also <laughs> like, I don't it's hard to describe, but like, it's almost as if his charisma just jumps mm-hmm. off from the book. He's also people's favourite because of his bond with Vin and as that develops you can't help but root for the guy so what do you think
0: i no so i w- wanted to ask you specifically a question because um, the book does an interesting thing with Kelsier, right? From the beginning, you like him. He's this confident character. He comes in. He's caring towards someone who's never been cared for before. He's clearly very powerful. He's our introduction as well to the powers of what's possible for a Mistborn person. But uh, the other thing is, as his mythology builds, right, and he is feeding the mythology, the survivor of Hathsen, uh, you know, the Lord of Mists and all these different things... And the the novel is quite explicit about how he is going around and and building on that, he is um, in real time building his own mythology. But Brandon Sanderson also hints in the book about why, why he might be doing it or how he's keeping secrets from people or how his own group of um, misfits might not be 100% sold on what it is that he's trying to do. And I was wondering how you both felt about that. About On the one hand, we've got this hero who is going all out to make himself a mythical hero. But on the other hand, you know also that he's still just a human and he's got human flaws.
2: Even the way he tries to make himself almost like this religious prophetic figure, even like that is questioned by the crew itself. But you know, when you get um, chapters from his point of view, you start to understand that he's not doing it for himself, really. He's doing it for his plan, for uh, for the overarching plan of the book. So it's really there's conflicting feelings that uh, that you go through when you're reading uh, point of views from from other characters and Kelsia's point of view
1: I'm trying not to spoil things but I'm going to ask the question because of how much I like Kelsier. there seems to be indications that we may not see as much of him in other books I've only read one so far I feel a little bit like what does that could that be possible Um is that something we'll miss? You think, if that's the case? Honestly, now you read
2: them, so I can see your face. Um, <laughs> the whole that um, the whole of having less of Kelsey as the focus is shifted to other characters. The focus being on other characters really fills up the lack of screen time of Kelsey. <laughs> you miss him, but you don't really feel like, or oh, w- the story would be better with him. Mm. And as you start, and if you uh, go further into the series, you start to figure out that yeah, that was that was the right choice to sh- shift the focus away from him.
0: Have you mentioned um, the first time people read the book that their favorite character might be Kelsier? Have you been through the um, Mistborn saga more than
2: once? Uh, I've only I've been through the entire thing once, but I reread the first book for this. For episode, today, for right?
0: Today. Um, did. Did your feelings change at all about the book or did you have a different experience while rereading it?
2: Yeah, I found that Kelsia was my second favorite character instead of my favorite, which was a bit disappointing, I guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, and I found that Vin is a more Vin is really an ideal protagonist for a fantasy for a fantasy story. And not only that, but being o- being a bit older than when I last read it, I managed to remember things better instead of just breezing through it. And and that's also partly because I read it slower. And I also managed to get more of Ham's questions, like he mentioned earlier. And I, st- I thought more about what the book was trying to say instead of just trying to binge it in one shot, which I did for half of the book on one <laughs> Friday night.
1: I have a question about the big bad, as it were, right? Because mm-hmm. it is important for a sort of strong fantasy series to have the evil that you want to be defeated. Um, This book, it's more complicated because the Lord Ruler is sort of emblematic of a system and I think for me, it was there that I could see the... You know, with some books, you're okay with only reading this and nothing more. Uh, but with The Lord Ruler was where I felt, oh, I really have to read more to feel the impact of the big bad. Um, is that something that you guys felt with with just this book? That there were, it left a little bit more that you needed to read more of to get?
2: Avoiding spoilers, I think... Um... The way that the Lord Ruler is uh, is executed as a character is just, there is a weight to him when when he's on screen. That will forever carry over throughout the other two books in the first half of the series, the main trilogy. It's not like Kelsey where it's something you will miss, but you will definitely feel the impact of the Lord Ruler as a character.
0: I see where you're coming from with the the needing more of mm. this particular character, but I like the way he was used um, because I I found myself um, because you you get introduced to him in a few small ways, right? Firstly, everybody keeps talking about him. Yes. The, the whole thing focuses on being able to to breach his defences in possibly killing him, and in all these different things. But you first see him without seeing him. You feel him. People talk about him. Um, And then he starts to show up in horse-drawn carriages, but you don't know if he's there. You still haven't seen him. And so I appreciated the suspenseful way in which it was drawn out. I think that the structure of the book is also... There are little... inclusions or, or hints throughout the book about the history of this person. And that left enough of a mystery for me overall for it to be enough. Oh no, I, I completely agree. I actually think it was the history that made me feel
1: like, oh gosh, like I wanna know what's behind yeah, this guy.
2: As much as you were interested in the chapters themselves, yeah. uh, in the books there in the book there is this there are epigraphs before the chapters. Mm-hmm. And it's uh it's implied that those are um, the Lord Ruler's history and like you said the epigraphs themselves even just even if it's just a small tidbit you're still really interested to know where that goes and mm. when there's a twist to it in the end warning spoilers it's really just a bit mind-blowing mind-blowing yeah
1: can I just say the steel ministry is one of the scariest bad guy minions? The Inquisitors. Might, the Inquisitors, yeah, they're part of the steel ministry, mm.
0: right? They are terrifying, even just to imagine they're terrifying. Yeah, because the Lord Ruler is more of a feeling, right? That as befitting a deity, not something that you see all the time, not something that that's in your face. But the going back to the darkness, right, that we started the whole show with, the acknowledgement that this takes place in a darker world, I think the steel Inquisitors, who are, if I may, the the Nazgul or the Dementors of this particular story they are evocative (laughs) you know they're very scary
2: I think you should expect a bit more of that in later books (laughs) Ah, okay (laughs) all
0: right so I'm glad you brought that up because I know it's a challenge I feel like I'm putting you on the spot by asking you to talk about books two and three but do they is the tone the same does the tone change
2: Mm, I wouldn't Equated to a bit more of uh, Fellowship of the Ring and Two Towers, where the first one is more of questy. People uh, are together. Yeah people, yeah, yeah, people are together. But once you get into the Two Towers, it's a bit more. It really focuses focuses down on who these characters are, and that's what happens in the World of Ascension and the Hero of Ages, especially in the World of Ascension, where you really dive into Vin and a minor character you are introduced to Elend mm-hmm. in. Uh, the first book, so it's really so after the quest, you're really more focusing and figuring out who really are these people, what do they want after what happens in the first book.
0: Arif, to close off, okay, so we've been talking about Brandon Sanderson, um, and The Final Empire. What other books have you enjoyed, or what are you reading at the moment?
2: I mentioned that this was like a nice bridge. That's kind of been like why I read this book in the first place, and it certainly was because. Uh, From there, I went on to read the Stormline Archive. And uh, very surprisingly, I did finish The Wheel of Time. Uh, All of them? (laughs) Wow.
1: Just now, when he casually threw in Robert Jordan, I was like,
2: please don't tell me you finished the whole thing. I finished the whole thing. That
1: is impressive.
2: Uh, I finished it this year, and I've really enjoyed it. And it is thanks to Brandon Sanderson that I was introduced to the series because he did complete the series. The Wheel of Time, I mean. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now I'm just in this zone where I'm caught between being too busy and still wanting to read. So I have to pick shorter books. So right now I'm getting into Robin Hobb. So yeah...
0: Uh, and I know I said we were closing off on that, but I'm not going to have an SPM student here and not ask. So you mentioned you're busy. You mentioned you're having to choose shorter books. Firstly, good luck. But secondly, <laughs> um, what tips do you have for fellow readers who are also SPM takers in terms of pacing the reading?
2: I would recommend that you view your reading time as a reward instead of a habit and something that you just like naturally do it like every moment you're free so so maybe I would suggest for those out there who want to read but like ha- need to study maybe study for about two hours then me- then maybe read about a chapter and lucky for you in like books like Mistborn uh, the chapters are 20 pages long so <laughs> you you do get your ample amount of uh, book time so yeah I, w- I would recommend just reading bit by bit instead of binging 100 pages in one go
0: nice Arif, thank you so much for joining us and for recommending the book.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm very glad to be here.
0: You just heard from 17-year-old, Arif Iskandar Rizwan. And the book is Brandon Sanderson's The Final Empire, which is Mistborn Book 1. Big ask, big follow-through for all these future books, but we're excited. It? Yes, very yeah. excited. You just heard the second episode of our month-long Children's Day Book Club special. Um, so far, we've spoken to Maya and Arif about their books, respectively. Next week, you'll have to stay tuned uh, to find out who's next and you know what recommendation they want to make. Let us know, though, as we've been asking, what books did you enjoy reading when you were young? What books, um, if you're a parent already, or even if you're not, you know what books do you encourage children to read now? Have, what books have you gifted? Uh, you can WhatsApp 18 789 and... And tweet us at bfm radio, write to us at buy the book at bfm.my You have been listening to a podcast from Bfm
2: 89.9 the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the VFM app.